Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast, and my name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies, new and old. Uh, if you're watching this live or you watch it later on the YouTube channel, uh, obviously I'm at an unusual location, uh, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, again, welcome to the podcast. Uh, the reason I'm in my car is my son is at baseball practice, and I've been struggling recently to record episodes in a regular fashion, so I have to come up with creative ways to make sure that I can get these episodes out. One, I enjoy doing them, and two, I hate when I miss multiple weeks uh, recording an episode, so I want to try to avoid that as much as I can. And I saw a tweet the other day on my um, on my feed from uh, from a girl, and I think she's in England. I don't remember her handle, but anyway, she was talking about how she loves movies and she was thinking about starting a movie podcast and wanted to know if people out there that follow her uh, have done it and wanted some advice. So when I saw that, I actually reached out to her or I responded to her tweet and said just to go ahead and do it. So basically what I said was, and this is kind of bringing me to, I haven't done a podcast, um, not so much advice because I don't really give advice. Uh, as you can see, uh, my podcast is not high tech at all at the fact it's the very opposite of that. Um, it's high tech, more high tech than it was when I first started it a few years ago. But her her tweet uh, caught my attention because it was basically she's very introverted and was nervous to jump in there. So really the, the feedback that I gave her and that I give to anybody, and I've done this before and I've said it before on other episodes, uh, but I think it's really important. If And this can apply to any endeavor that you're trying to embark on. But specifically for podcasting, if anybody would ask me, not that anybody looks to me for advice, but if they were to ask me for advice, my advice to anyone that wants to start a podcast is just do it. Um, my podcast is something that I do because I love to do it. I love to discuss movies, review movies, uh, discuss those on Twitter or here in my podcast. So what I would tell her and anybody else is don't worry about how the podcast looks, how it sounds, uh, the amount of ums. You'll hear the uh, ums from me as well. Uh, and it bothers me a little bit, but at the end of the day, just do your show. Do what you love to do. And what I said to her and what I said to anybody is she wants to talk about movies. That's all you should be focused on. Don't worry about how many people are listening. Don't worry about does it need to look better? What can I do? As long as people can hear your voice and there's no issue there, there's nothing else you should be worried about. Uh, like I said, I've, I've come to the video part of it because it's fun. And one and to be honest, the, this video portion and the streaming software that I use just makes it easy for me to record and upload the podcast, to be completely honest. That's why I do it. I do would love. I would love people to watch the videos. I would love people to subscribe to the YouTube channel and all of that. That's not to say I don't want to grow the podcast, but I do this because I love it. And again, I'm sitting here in my car because I need to find any opportunity I can to try to record these episodes. Uh, I try to put one out a week, and like I said, I haven't been able to do that, and it disappoints me because one, I love doing it. It's a it's a good release for me. It's a good stress reliever, and I plus I love doing it. So, uh, to her and to anybody else that's thinking about it, if you're thinking about doing a podcast and haven't done it, uh, whatever it is your interest is, just just do it. It's so easy to do now. It's easy to get them uploaded. It's easy. It's it, sh it doesn't have to be. A labor-intensive operation, okay? I'm not the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm not WTF. I'm not a large podcast where I have to have 
staff and people you know you don't have to do that now if it grows to something like that that'd be great or if anybody gets a podcast that grows uh, i love those stories and i listen to the, all the not all of them but I listen to a lot of the huge podcasts and that's great but if you want to just talk about whatever it is you're passionate about music movies art literature whatever it is that 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 makes you tick that makes you passionate about it that you love that's what i would encourage you to do don't worry about being the best sounding podcast don't worry about being the best looking podcast because at the end of the day especially in a podcast form as long as you are your voice is is understandable you're legible and people can hear it that's all that matters because the content at the end of the day it's what's the most important if your content is compelling it doesn't matter if it's not polished because I can tell you there's plenty of polished podcasts or polished TV shows or polished movies that have spent millions and millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars in the case of a podcast that their content is n- terrible. So it doesn't matter that it looks great or sounds great. If the content is not compelling, nobody's going to listen to it. So worry about the content first. Everything else will take care of itself. If you have a compelling show uh, and the content that you're putting out there is riveting, people will find it. And believe me, you'll get to the point wherever you want to get with it, even if it's just for a hobby or if you're more, uh, if you're looking for something more than that. If your content is compelling, it will grow and the rest of it will come. The technical proficiency, the way you want to do it, the way it looks, the way it sounds will all come with the popularity of your content. So that's my little soapbox for the day. And plus, I love to see people express themselves in ways uh, that make it so much easier with the technology we have today. All right. So enough of that. So Today, I am going to be reviewing, I'm excited about this one. This is uh, The Maltese Falcon, directed by John Huston. I believe it came out in 1941. I didn't double-check the year. But one of my favorite genres is film noir. So if you listen to uh, episodes a couple of episodes back, I reviewed uh, Double Indemnity, uh, the classic film noir directed and co-written by Billy Wilder. So film noir is one of my favorite genres for a bunch of different reasons uh and the Maltese falcon uh has a lot of those tropes in there and and things that uh make me love uh love film noir and again if you're looking for a modern film noir uh, the most modern one i've seen recently and i reviewed it uh about a year ago you can go back into the feed is of course uh, paradise alley directed by guillermo del toro very enjoyable film with bradley cooper and Kate blanchett so definitely uh one to check out so Maltese Falcon. So if you are a film buff and especially a film noir buff, you know that this particular film is one of the classics in the genre. So I'm very excited to review this, not just because it's a great movie and I'll get to my review shortly, but because I've never seen the Maltese Falcon. So these are one of my blind spot movies. So if you talk to any other movie buffs and, and listen or listen to podcasts about movies and and the, one of the things I love is, is, is the term the blind spot. I think it's from Oh, I forgot the name of the podcast, but they've they coined that term that I've that I've that I said blind spotting or blind spot um, because it's a movie. You know, there's when you talk to anyone that's a movie buff, they always have films that they've never seen, and I'm not talking about small, obscure foreign films that maybe a lot of people haven't seen. I'm talking about big, famous, world-renowned movies that people that have watched movies haven't seen and i love that though because that's why i love doing this podcast because whether it's new movies or old movies i will have content to do this podcast until the day i die because there's tens of thousands of movies that i have never seen new old uh foreign american it doesn't matter so and it's funny when you listen to people that are very very 
knowledgeable about film, cinephiles, buffs, and then they've seen, they haven't seen like movies where you're like, you can't believe they haven't seen a classic film. Or even that, it doesn't have to be a classic film, even a film that everybody's seen. Uh, so I'll give you a current example uh, Avatar 2. So, of course, that movie, of course, was it successful? Was it The Way of Water as the first Avatar? So I saw the first Avatar, never reviewed it for this podcast. I'm a huge fan of James Cameron's early work. I'm not a fan of Avatar. I thought the movie was very average. So I had no desire to see Way of Water. I thought about it, um, but I still haven't gone to see it. Maybe I'll see it when it comes out on on, on DVD, uh, Blu-ray, but I, I just don't have a desire to see it. So that's going to be a movie that probably everybody in the world is going to see or has seen already. Uh, that I haven't really seen. So there's there's all kinds of movies like that that different people that watch different types of movies uh, haven't seen. So in the case of the Maltese Falcon, this is one that I've wanted to see, just never got around to it till now. So of course the film is directed by John Huston. So obviously John Huston, world famous directors, directed some classic films. Um, you know this film, African Queen. Treasure of Sierra Madre, just a lot of classic movies, you know, and he, and he directed all the way until his last film, The Dead, which I know was critically acclaimed. I have not seen that. Uh, that was his last film before he passed away. So he was directing all the way, I believe, until his mid-80s. Uh, so kind of like Sidney Lumet, who late in his career was directing fantastic movies. So again, Maltese Falcon is uh, from 1941. Um, the cast includes Humphrey Bogart. He plays the famous detective uh, Sam Spade. And uh, this comes from the famous uh, Dashiell Hammett novels. And I believe Hammett co-wrote the screenplay with, with Houston. So he plays Sam Spade, the, uh, a private investigator who at the beginning of the film is partnered. Um, it's a two-man uh, detective agency. So give me a second. I'm just going to pull my notes up here. Sorry, again, live from the car. So one moment. All right, so we are at the Spade Archer Agency at the beginning of this film. Uh, so you have Sam Spade and Miles Archer who are working at a detective agency. So woman comes in to hire Sam Spade. And her name is Bridget O'Shaughnessy, uh, played by Mary Astor. So she comes into the agency to hire Sam Spade to look for her sister. So her sister is missing or not so much missing, she's gone off, according to Bridges' story, with some, uh, with a man, with a boyfriend, with some questionable connections. And she wants Spade and Archer to find her. So that's the story at the beginning. So Archer goes to stake out the location where Bridges' sister and her boyfriend are staying. So as he's staking out the hotel where Bridges' sister is staying, he is shot and killed by an unknown assailant. So, at this point, of course, Sam Spade becomes involved. He finds out that his partner's been killed, so he starts to investigate himself, of course, and, of course, runs into issues with the police. So, as we come to find out, and this is why film, film noir to me is so much fun. So, in a film noir, one of the tropes in a film noir, if you look at all the classic ones, is that there are really no good guys. So, you know, most films have a good guy and a bad guy. 
you know, black hat, white hat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, a lot of times there's no gray area. Film noir lives in the gray. So every character in the Maltese Falcon is not, <laughs> there's not really a um, good guy. So in a film like this, in any film noir movie, there's there's degrees of good and bad. And, and none of them starts off with a clean slate of, oh, this is like, oh, this is the person that's pure in this movie. So after Archer is killed, of course, you find out pretty much right off the bat that Sam Spade and Archer's wife, there's something going on. Or was something going on. Archer is in love with, uh, Mrs. Archer's in love with Sam Spade. Sam Spade was, was, there was, there was funny business going on between them. So, of course, she comes to him after he's murdered she's panicked and of course the police quickly find out that something may or may not have been going on so of course immediately the police look at sam spade as a suspect uh of killing archer so he could be with archer's wife so of course sam spade is is um not the killer he has no desire to get rid of his partner but on the other hand he doesn't seem and this is and it actually made me laugh as i was watching the movie it it seemed like he wasn't that broken up about it <laughs> Like his partner was murdered in cold blood and Sam Spade is just like, you know, okay, you know, it sucks. And one of the things that made me laugh in that morbid kind of way is so they've got like, you know, secretary, receptionist, assistant at the, at the agency, um, who's very funny as well, played by, uh, by Lee, Lee Patrick, she plays Effie. So he dies. So the first thing that, <laughs> that one of the first things that Sam Spade is concerned about is, taking Archer's name off the window and the door. So basically he has her, hey, get the get the painter guy in here, uh, get get his name off, just put Sam Spade, private investigator. So he's immediately looking at getting his name off of there, calling it the Sam Spade agency, literally right after his partner is murdered. So I, I get that at some point that that would need to happen. I don't think it would need to happen immediately. So that made me laugh out loud. And that's the thing. It's just every character is morally questionable. Now, I don't even know if Archer was morally questionable because he wasn't in the movie long enough to be morally questionable. So and he, maybe he was. I don't know. But uh, and if and if he was in the movie for any length of time, I would probably pretty much guarantee you that he would have been morally questionable. Uh, so it, like I said, just the the lack of care that his partner has just been murdered is just funny. He's really just focused on trying to figure out what happened. Not so much as like, not even like you said for the noble effort of. of of, of putting his partner's killer to justice. I, I, I don't get any of that off of this movie, which is actually pretty funny. So anyway, you know, and Alex, I think he's more concerned about him. And actually, he's not even concerned about him being considered a suspect. One, he knows he didn't do it. So it, his Humphrey Bogart's performance in this movie is so great because he's really just a version of the annoyed. He's more annoyed about everything than outraged or angry or he's really just he's annoyed that the police are bothering him about being possibly a suspect he's annoyed i think that his partner got killed not sad but i think he's annoyed and he plays it the entire movie like he has episodes where he's angry but he's, it's really seems like a sense of annoyance again another thing that just made me kind of just it was humorous and it just made me laugh and that's why again i love film noir because it plays in these gray areas and obviously it's a stylized heightened version of reality which is what makes it great you know it you know in the real world it wouldn't the, the characters wouldn't really react this way but in this genre it's so fantastic because when you have everybody that's pretty much 
morally questionable, then you can just have fun watching the movie because you're not going, oh, I hope this happens or I hope, oh, I hope the good guy wins or the bad guy loses or even I hope the bad guy. It's just everybody is questionable, so you're just along for the ride. You just want to say, what is going to happen to these characters? So, of course, another trope in the, in the film noir is the femme fatale. So, like I said, when I reviewed Double Indemnity, of course, Barbara Stanwyck's character, uh, you know, bamboozling um, the uh, the male character. And I just forgot the actor. Oh, Fred McMurray's character. So, same thing. So, here, like I said, you have Bridget O'Shaughnessy played by Mary Astor. So, obviously, as Sam Spade digs into this case deeper, it becomes very obvious that she has lied. So, as the movie progresses, it starts to unfold what's really going on so that brings the title of the film so the Maltese Falcon so of course if you know the term MacGuffin you know it's it's a, it's an item that people are pursuing in a movie that just kind of moves the plot along sometimes you never even see the MacGuffin it's not really anything it doesn't really um it, there's nothing significant about it that that is story driven it's basically an object that drives the action that the characters undertake so like um, the, the one I always think of is the Ark and Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's, there's tons of MacGuffins in different types of movies. So the MacGuffin here is the Maltese Falcon. So the Maltese Falcon is a valuable piece, just basically a falcon that was made, uh, you know, that was taken from the island of Malta. So this, you know, piece of art or whatever you want to call it is obviously worth a significant amount of money. So it turns out that a person that, uh, she was associated with which was um thursby was trying to smuggle the falcon into the united states and then sell it so that's the main thing that's going on i don't want to say too much more uh so you can enjoy the movie but what's great about the movie like i said starting with uh with with humphrey bogart's great performance So it's fantastic. So what's great about it is you get to see Peter Laurie in the from Sydney Green Street as Castle Bowman. So he's the guy that's kind of after them to to get the 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 Falcon. So again, it's classic film noir. All the characters are questionable. Peter Laurie is fantastic. Uh, he plays Joel Cairo, who um, approaches Sam Spade and makes an offer for him to return to obtain the Falcon for $10,000. So, of course, Sam Spade is questioning everybody and everything around him and knows that it's worth more than that. So, like like a lot of the great film noirs, it's, there's a plan going into motion. He's trying to navigate solving this crime, making sure he's not implicated in this crime, finding out about the Falcon, and then ultimately trying to find out the true story of what um, Bridget is trying to sell him. So Mary Astor is, is O'Shaughnessy is, is kind of a different femme fatale for me. Like, you know, comparing it against a double indemnity, like there's something that she wants, that she wants to get and will do anything to get it. And uh, that's usually at the cost of a lot of times the life of the main character of the movie. I'm not going to say what happens here in this one. Like I said, if you haven't seen Maltese Falcon, I want you to check it out. One of the great things about the movie too, and again, I always have this conversation pretty much in every episode. The film is about an hour and 41 minutes, so it's tight. The action is great. It doesn't overstay its welcome. So that's that's a that's a great thing. It's 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 a very tight story. The thing that I love too is the hard-boiled dialogue. And like I said, the dialogue really underscores the moral questionability of all these characters. So like I said, it, it's funny. It's just the 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 patter, the 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 
the syntax of it, like that hard-boiled dialogue is great. Fred McMurray does it great in Double Indemnity. Humphrey Bogart does it fantastic here. And, and other characters, too. The two police officers are great. It's just kind of that... I love that, and when I think of a modern film that reminds me of that, even though it's not a noir movie, is uh, the Coen Brothers classic Miller's Crossing. Uh, with one of the great things about that movie is the dialogue is just phenomenal. Uh, it's just its own its its own language, and and just it's poetic, it's hard boiled, it's fantastic, and that's what I think of. But uh, of course, uh, Multi Falcon does it. And 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 in wonderful ways, like I said, that the performances are great. Humphrey Bogart is fantastic in it. Uh, like I said, a great actor. I haven't reviewed. I think this is the first movie I've reviewed with him in it. So there'll be definitely a lot more. I'll get to the Kane Mutiny as well, which is one of my favorite ones as well. And African Queen, also directed by John Houston. But again, the dialogue is fantastic. Uh, the uh, of course the black and white cinematography is beautiful. Um, the the direction by John Huston is fantastic as well. I'm trying to think of other people in my notes here that I want to uh, point out performances. As I stated earlier, um, Lee Patrick is Effie, the uh, Sam Spade's assistant. She's very funny, so you can tell you know she's a confidant, does the things he needs to do. She's very very good. And one thing that I noticed actually, um, Elisha Cook Jr. is an actor that. I was like, I, I was watching the movie, and I'm like, I know him from something else. So I was looking it up as I was watching the movie, and it turns out he was the kind of henpecked husband in The Killing. So I reviewed that film. Check out the feed. The Stanley Kubrick 1956 classic film noir with Sterling Hayden, which is a phenomenal movie. I love that movie. But Elisha Cook is in that film as well. He plays the husband... Um, uh, kind of the wimpy husband of a wife that's involved in the bank height or in the in the finds out about the heist of robbing the racetrack that happens in the killing so he's great in the killing he's very good here as well what's great is he's not a wimpy guy here he's basically the heavy the 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 um the henchman of the sydney green street character so he's fantastic in the movie very good a lot of good exchanges between his character and Sam Spade, basically Sam Spade challenging his manhood at every turn, his intelligence at every turn, and, and Elisha Cook just getting more and more agitated as the movie goes along. So that, fantastic. I wanted to bring up that actor too because it's great. I don't see him very often. I've only really seen him in The Killing and now in this movie, so it was cool that he was in this film. So again, the chase is on for the Maltese Falcon, and like I said, if you people that even know movies a little bit know this film or I've heard the Maltese Falcon reference in movies. And uh, it's, a, it's a very, very good film noir. I'm glad I finally got to watch it again. Like I said, it comes in about an hour, 41 minutes. Uh, it's fantastic, so I think you really will enjoy it. So I am going to give the Maltese Falcon in my reviews. Um, I'm going to give four and a half fangos out of five. So again, that's in my scale, that's a movie that I would see over and over again. Uh, I would repeat view it. It's a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, the film noir is a lot of fun. So I definitely would recommend that. Uh, four and a half. Uh, out of five um, like I said it's close to almost being one of, of classic one but it's I mean it's it's considered a classic film I do as well uh, but for me five is like perfect like the killing like I just referenced a few minutes ago that's one that's a five for me because I've watched that movie dozens of times and and I don't know if I would watch the Maltese Falcon dozens of times but I would definitely revisit it uh, as a classic film noir so again I'm gonna give the Maltese Falcon four and a half Van Gogh's out of five again so um, Thank you for listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. This is a podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. I appreciate it. Um, you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So wherever podcasting app you use, uh, the show should be there. If you could, subscribe to it, rate and review. If you can give it five stars, that'd be great. 
You can also watch this podcast on the YouTube channel, which is uh, at Bend Your Ear Pod is the handle. Let me bend your ear podcast if you search there. Please uh, click and subscribe on that. I'm trying to build my subscriber base there. Uh, the Facebook channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear. If you go there, just like the page if you could. I'd appreciate that. And please follow me on Twitter at Bend Your Ear Pod. That's also the handle for Instagram. But my, most of my, actually 90% of my interactions with people is on the Twitter uh, feed. So go to at Bend Your Ear Pod. Follow me. I'll follow you back. I love discussing movies and talking about them. So please uh, feel free to reach out to me. If you want to email me directly, the email for the show is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to email there, that's great. So again, thank you for listening. I want to thank all the regular listeners to the show that downloaded. I really, really appreciate it. If you do like the show and you're a fan of it, please uh, retweet my tweets. Uh, tell your friends if they're looking for a new movie podcast to listen to. And again, I want to thank everybody that listens. I really appreciate it. And as I said at the beginning of the show, if you want to start a podcast, um, just do it. Uh, one thing I didn't say earlier is, you know, one thing that I would love to do on the show that I don't get the opportunity to do because my time is limited to record is do interviews. So actually, the 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 girl that uh, I read the tweet of the other day that got me on this rant was, uh, you know, I invited her to come on my show. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I want to have more guests because I know it is more compelling when there's a guest on. I do this flying solo. I enjoy doing it. Uh, but like I said, with my limited time, it's hard for me to schedule guests to come on. But I, I try to do it whenever I have the chance. And if anybody's interested in coming on, let me know to talk about a movie. Uh, I've done it with a few of my friends here and there. So if you watch this or listen to it on the feed and you want to come on and discuss the show, uh, like I said, as much as I, I want to have more, I will try to make it work. If you reach out to me and say, hey, look, I really would like to be on to discuss a particular movie, uh, we'll find a way to make it work. Uh, so I will get with you if you DM me in Twitter or email the show, podcast at gmail.com. I will find a way to make it work with us uh, to get you on because I love talking to people about movies. Uh, as much as I love doing this flying solo, I love having those conversations uh, with people about movies that they like. So feel free to reach out on Twitter or on um or email me directly or on Instagram as well, which is at Bend Your Ear Pod. So again, I want to thank everybody that's listening to the podcast. Thank you for the people that are watching. I hope everybody has a fantastic week, and I will hopefully be back very, very soon with another episode. Take care. Have a great day.